Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchants, joined as always by Raj Jabalu. Raj, there have been three days on this podcast feed without talk about the Lakers. I feel like it's false advertising. I want to apologize to the people. I did not realize how much Anthony Irwin carries this feed. <laughs> Raj, what have you been doing without listening to Silver Screen and Roll podcasts for the last three days? Well, honestly, Sabrina, I've been kind of upset. I mean, Last week that we recorded, we talked about Dennis Schroeder. We did one pod, and all of a sudden, Dennis Schroeder is a Laker. We've done like three Kyrie pods, and um, he <laughs> is still fair, This is on the, the second time we've brought up Dennis. Oh Schroeder. yes, that's fair. But I mean, he was a Laker right away. I mean, we did so many Kyrie pods, and he's still a Brooklyn Nets. I, mean, I think our powers are kind of used in the wrong places. They're uh, not being harnessed correctly. Should we start talking about Miles Turner? I have some thoughts about the Miles Turner fit. I think just defensively, he makes so much sense next to Anthony yes. Davis because I love Anthony Davis as a defensive four, honestly. Like, sure. even though he is a great rim protector, I just think he's such a phenomenal wing defender. And then when you get him out on the perimeter and he gets to rim run back on offense, that's such a fantastic use of his talents, um, which would, you know, be enabled by Miles Turner. And then the fact that Anthony Davis could play the five next to Miles Turner as like an offensive four. I don't know. It's just it's too good to be true. That's the problem. I'm gonna bring up Buddy Heald as well. If we're kind of getting, <laughs> if we're trying to you know get people to the Lakers. I think Sham said this week. I can't believe Lakers... we don't have Buddy Heald. <laughs> that trade was done. Ah, uh, yeah, it was Who's so close. Who thought he was going to Sacramento? <laughs> it was so close. Um, but yeah, Shams came out this week, I think, and said uh, the Lakers were on it. We're not interested in giving up two first round picks. And I've, you know, I've stayed the same. I said the only reason I wouldn't do the Indiana deal is I thought there was a point guard in Brooklyn who was uh, sure. open and on the table. So that would have been great if we can kind of get that one into existence as well. If that can, uh, if Miles Turner, Buddy Heel can be Lakers next week, that would be, that'd be really nice. But I doubt it. I think uh, the roster is what it is. It is what it is. Um, quick question before we dive into the, actualities of the Lakers roster who has had a worse offseason the Lakers or the Celtics so I, I think I saw this question kind of mm-hmm. put up um I don't know how you have a bad offseason when you get Malcolm Brogdon for almost nothing I mean I think that part was kind of lost in there they, Gallinari they did give up a first round pick I mean a Boston first round pick they're gonna sure, be good sure. this year yeah. sadly uh so I don't see that as much and didn't really give any players that were in their rotation mm-hmm. losing your head coach is tough though for a whole year Robert Williams going under the knife again too I think is a big deal yeah he has health concerns for sure um but I mean it's close I would say the Lakers still because they really didn't improve and the Celtics were just in the NBA finals the bar that they would have to uh I'm not reach saying who ended the offseason in a worse place I'm saying who had a worse offseason I mean, I think getting Malcolm Brogdon okay. kind of okay. <laughs> kind of trumps uh the Dennis Schroeder disrespect once again, Rush. <laughs> I love Dennis Schroeder. Uh, but yeah, I think Malcolm Brogdon is a better player and fits kind of what they need. And they don't actually need him to play a bunch of games either. So defensive point guard again got him for nothing, which again goes back to the ask. Sabrina Boyan uh Bogdanovich went for uh what was the exact trade that he went for? Kelly Kelly Olenek and Sabin Lee. Really quickly, humor me for two seconds here. Let the money be aside. Mm-hmm. Is THD and Stanley Johnson not a better package than that? I, mean, I think is... it's better. It's okay. 
Uh, so Saban Lee, admittedly, I don't watch a ton of the Detroit Pistons. I'm shocked. But <laughs> this was a guy that they were probably just going to have to cut because they had 16 players under contract heading sure. into the season. And you, you know, obviously have to cut down to 15. Um, he probably wasn't going to make the final team. And somehow he's what the young player prospect in this deal. Like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. I like Kelly Olinick just fine, but like He's the kind of guy who helps. Like, I guess he's the kind of guy who you can like put next to Colin Sexton and say, hey, here's a pick and pop guy for you to play with. Like, let's see what you can do with the ball in your hands all the time. But like, is that that important? <laughs> like, I think THD <laughs> is a far better upside play than, you know, Saban Lee. I mean, it's it has literally been less than two years since THT was like, I guess more than two years because it was like earlier in September, but you know, he was taking it like giving James Harden the business in a playoff game. (laughs) It was not that long ago. No. And obviously he's not the prize prospect he was, and this is being sold obviously as a salary. But he's better than Saban Lee. But I don't think that's what the trade is though. So first of all, I'm shocked that Bogdanovich didn't go for a first. I honestly thought he would at least fetch a late first from some contender. I'm sure Phoenix would have given up a late first and Jay Crowder for Boyan Bogdanovich. They have famously expressed that they give zero shits about the draft. <laughs> Jay Crowder is he signed? Expiring contract. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's see, I'm I'm shocked, and I think that deal should have been done. Um, but. Yeah, I'm shocked that he didn't go for a, go for a first. And I was out of love Bogdanovich. I thought he would have costed a first to get. I just I'm confused at that deal. They're selling it as a salary dump, right? Olenix only uh, guaranteed. Why $3 do you million. need to dump an expiring salary? I don't understand that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really understand either. And there's again, they're selling as Olenek as a power forward that they can you know fill and play. They're trying to lose as many games as possible. I don't and- understand the. I mentioned the roster crunch with Detroit, right? Utah has a roster right. crunch. They have expanded said roster crunch by netting an extra player mm-hmm. in this deal. I I don't understand. Like I saw some people saying that, oh, Utah gets a little bit further from the salary cap apron because they triggered the hard cap with the Colin mm-hmm. Sexton sign and trade. That only matters if you're going to make future trades, right? But if you're just mm-hmm. going to be dumping, you know, vets for pennies on the dollar, why not just keep them? <laughs> Set That's a my nice question, veteran man. culture for all the young youngins in Utah. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand what the rush was as well. I, I feel like they could have took him into the season at least. What do you like? Send him home. Don't play him. You're trying to lose as much as possible. I was surprised at that trade. And you know, just transitioning. I think that was the end of any rust deal. So <laughs> I think that was it. I think uh, that was the last hope. We had the GM of the Pacers go on the radio and say that Miles Turner is starting. Uh, at center for the Indiana Pacers this season. Now, GMs go back all the time. They sure. say mm-hmm. things that aren't true, but Miles Turner also followed that by retweeting an Indiana Pacer page and then putting out the Pacer emoji colors. Uh, he tweeted out the emoji colors in the Indiana um, color scheme. So I think that put an end to that too. And it looks like uh, in a few days here, we are going to get started with uh, this team taking the floor. Remember when we had that TikTok model who wanted to lure Miles Turner to Los Angeles? <laughs> Those are the days, Raj. <laughs> Gotta go find her account and uh, get her yeah. back. Get her back in the business. It's so weird. It's so weird. Like just the the dichotomy between how stars are like 
nominal stars, I'm using air quotes here, like people who have been named to one all-star team, the price that they fetched this mm-hmm. offseason versus players who have not made an all-star team or I think are perfectly capable role players, like Jeremy Grant went for a lot less than I thought he would, when Bogdanovich went for a lot less than I thought he would. I mean, we talk a lot about how the Lakers prize stars over role players, like the the way they value the two is like so out of whack, right? They're willing to surrender three quality role players for Russell Westbrook. It's like the whole league is on that. (laughs) Now everybody's like, F it. I want only stars. I'm going to give all of the draft picks in the world to get stars. But for a guy who's, you know, never going to sniff an all-star nod, like now, God forbid I send a pick. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like, you know, they value that. And like we had the Spurs kind of thing come out where they can, they can absorb Russell Westbrook's, uh salary i don't like that deal at all i'd rather just keep our players honestly um players coming back and that don't excite me enough to mm-hmm. make a move i'd rather see what this uh team is and i think i'll get that chance but yeah i mean it looks like we're gonna move forward here with russell westbrook on the roster i'm fascinated how rob palinka is gonna sell this uh in a few days here when he has to i speak. think rob palinka needed four more days to figure out how he was gonna sell <laughs> I think he's had enough time. I think he's had, had enough time to kind of put that together um, because he can't say we're not done. I, mean, I don't, I'm not buying that at all. The first preseason game is in 11 days. I feel like I'm the only one counting down to this, um, but, but uh, I haven't really seen your countdowns on Twitter anymore. I gotta be honest. <laughs> it has not been a daily thing. I'm giving people a few days break. You know, I think uh, sure, after the sure. first, after I mean, Monday game. is go time. Monday is media day. It's when everybody has to speak. It's when LeBron and Russ, yeah. have to be in the same room with Patrick Beverly, with Dennis Schroeder, with Darvin Ham, with Rob Palinka. Uh, it's it's going to be weird. Yeah, it's going to be quite the circus. I'm fascinated how they handle it. But I'm excited to hear them, uh, hear the GM of our team speak about the vision, right? I want to I at least hear what he has to say. Uh, Rob Palinka is an interesting person at these conferences. He always, you know, gives some kind of quote that... Uh, that you can kind of take back. And I'm interested how he sells this roster because that's his job on uh, on Monday is to sell whatever vision this was. Um, and I'm interested to hear it. I am not holding my breath for anything interesting from Rob Palenka. That ship has sailed. I'm still holding mine. So, <laughs> And thus lies the dichotomy between you and me and how we approach the Lakers rush. <laughs> All right, Absolutely. so you wanted to talk about the fit of Russell Westbrook on the Lakers because we have spent most of the offseason dancing around that particular subject, talking about anything else but that. All of the players that could have been inquired in place of Russell Westbrook, how they could fit on the Lakers. But here we are, yes. four days, three days from training camp. Russell Westbrook is a Laker, probably will be starting. I assume you have also arrived at that conclusion. Yes. So tell me, Raj, uh, what do you want to get into specifically in terms of Russ in year two? Okay, I'm excited about this because I feel like, again, like you've said, a lot of the offseason has not been about the basketball, and that's fair. It has not. <laughs> I felt like even the whole league, honestly, the national media, a lot of the news has not really been on the court. So that's what I'd like to get into today. just want you to hear me, humor me a little bit with this because I want to work backwards from it working out, if that makes sense. I think most people have worked uh, from the point of the, through the prism of it not working, which sure. I totally get. You know what I mean? So It is the status the- quo currently. <laughs> yeah, so... First six games here, I'm going to go through them. I, I went through them before, but uh, they go Warriors, Clippers, Blazers, Denver, Wolves, Denver again. So it's Denver twice. You have Minnesota, Clippers, and the Warriors. 
I think all of these teams are going to finish ahead of the Lakers in the standings. Just FYI. Absolutely. But let's just say that the season ends on October 30th, which is the sixth, the sixth game. So if they go three and three, and that's just being, you know, generous, if they can go, (laughs) if they can go three and three. So the Warriors games on the road, the Denver games on the road, the Minnesota games on the road. The only, uh, the only home games are the Clipper game, which the Clipper game. uh, Always a home game. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Portland, we get Portland at home, and then we also get one home game against Denver as well in the okay. first six games. So let's say we split the first two, get one win on Denver, and win Portland. So that's three and three. Here's my question, Serena. First, a oh, few caveats here. LeBron and AD played all six of these games. Okay. Put that first caveat out there. Second, seven caveat. AD's jumper at least exists. It's not thriving. It's not living out here. But you know, it it's an existing thing. So just to clarify, um, exist means like. 1920 AD before the bubble. Sure. It doesn't even have to be that good, but let's just say it's okay. It's a level where he's a threat. Can you give me a number? Let's say he's doing like 32% from three. Okay. Got it. And he's like confident in his middle. He's still confident. I don't know why, but he's still confident. (laughs) Right. Okay. So here's my question. What does good Russ look like in terms of instant? still kind of pulling it into reality, right? So Russell Westbrook is not going to become Draymond Green. Correct. There's people who want to be Draymond Green who never become Draymond Green. Like right. That's an elite, elite player. But I think Russ still does a few things that are NBA level. I still think he gets to the basket. Now he doesn't score enough there. His decision-making out of that isn't great. Uh, but that's still an NBA skill that he has. I'm wondering, what does that look like? If the Lakers are 3-3 three and three and LeBron and AD do their job mm-hmm. and Russ is starting playing his 30 minutes a game, what does good Russ look like? to you i guess in the prism of reality still okay so i think it's uh really quick decision making in the half court Mm -hmm. attacking the basket as early as possible within the shot clock so that either results in him getting to the line driving kicks or just um shifting the defense so that somewhere you know it's tilted in favor of someone else then being able to attack like a compromised setup Right. Uh, it's not a lot of the standing around, dribbling, pounding the air out of the ball kind of situation. Um, it does mean that he has to be shooting his free throws relatively well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that Russell Westbrook is all of a sudden going to become a better finisher at the rim because Lord knows like the touch has never really been a big part of his game. But right. he was a pretty good free throw shooter for a long stretch of his career. I know the rule change kind of effed with that, but I'd like to think that he can... He's an adult. He can find his rhythm again. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he's shooting free throws well, making quick decisions with the ball, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just excising all of the non-corner jumpers from his shot diet. Right. Okay. I mean, I don't know if this sounds too optimistic or not, but I think these are all reasonable things Russell Westbrook can do. Absolutely. And then... um, paying attention on defense yeah right so because we've we've seen some situations where russ like is gets caught ball watching and then his guy back cuts and you know possession has evaporated for the lakers i just need him to pay attention to his assignment now that's going to be a little challenging because we have three guys now in russ pat bev and schroeder who i'd all characterize their best defensive skill as being point of attack defending yeah i'm not going to say that they're all good at it (laughs) But I would say that mm-hmm. their best defensive skill is point of attack defending. And I think the way to optimize Russ is to keep him on the point of attack because ideally he just provides a little physicality at that position, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, someone's not just going to like bully their way through him the way they would like a, I don't know, an Austin Reeves or Malik Monk or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like that also puts the other guys in positions where they have to defend off the ball, which is not what they're best at. So just to get back to the main point, I think it's like an attentive Russell Westbrook who's mm-hmm. not like completely losing his assignment on defense. And then right. sometimes, sometimes gets those, you know, gambles, steal and scores. For sure. And really quickly on the offense. So Darvin Ham has kind of preached this four out one in system. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really trying to get into transition principles. Right. And I think- that also means that Russ has to play with Thomas Bryant, I believe, as much as possible. Well, even with Damon Jones, like he I don't needs think Damon Jones is a shooter. No, so not like, shooter, how are you but... doing four out one in if AD and Damian Jones are playing together is my question. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. In that situation, I'm just meaning transition. Like mm-hmm. if you can get a big that's running with him, I think like DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, they just couldn't run with Russ. Um, and I think like with his principles to me, first of all, I want it to where whoever gets the rebound can kind of push it up. That includes Anthony Davis. I think mm-hmm. like his best thing is when he's becoming a guard in that body. Um, and then Rush can kind of push the ball with him. And I think that was kind of the vision last year. I think that's kind of what they foresaw. Obviously, it didn't work out. You need a lot defense of- to push the ball. <laughs> Absolutely. And with Russ on the defensive end, do you remember the Lakers played the Celtics at home uh, one game and Russ had a monster dunk that game? It was like his first like coming out party. This was when Schroeder was on the Celtics. Uh, it was earlier he, in the season. Yeah, it was early in the season. Yes, yes. He might he might have been on the team. I think Tatum and Brown both played that game, I believe. um, They had like clutch jumps, but we won that game. But they put Russ on Jason Tatum and like he did a pretty good job and he was like challenged though like it was like a challenge to him mm-hmm. and he did his job he stayed in front he made him work I think he had like a big uh turnover on Tatum in the corner where he knocked it off his foot and I'm wondering if, if like Darvin Ham can at least challenge him in a way like it's not fair to Frank Vogel that this is kind of the way that it's playing out um and again this is leaning on the optimism side of course these are all things that aren't extremely likely to happen i'm just trying to fit into reality i don't think russ is all of a sudden like you said take away all those non-corner three jump shirt jumpers that's not happening like russ is gonna come (laughs) off a pick and roll and and fire in the mid-range even when he's missed the last five i'm okay with the 15 footer pull up Mm -hmm. i'm not okay with the three-point pull up yeah those those are those are really tough Um, and teams go so under it like i bet he just So I bet it's just he just feels this, you know, inclination like I have to at least keep the defense honest. And again, that brings up the Thomas Bryant point, though. Like that's that's the counter to a team going under. Right. The counter is the big that can pop like that's your counter when a team goes so far under. It's why LeBron, if you can give him a big that can pop like Kevin Love, like when he had 80 who can pop out. That's the counter to that. So those are things I think that can happen. Like Russ is still going to lose his man off the ball. He's not going to be great. But Sabrina, can he be average like Going from what last year was to an average defender, that's a big jump. That would I don't think he can be average. Okay. I don't think I, so like I'm thinking peak Russ in OKC. I would mm-hmm. never consider him an average defender. He's a good defensive rebounder. That's a skill. Yeah. Um he definitely takes assignments seriously when like guys try to post him up. For some yeah. reason, that is all NBA players care about. Like you can beat them off screens, you can back cut off of them. That doesn't offend them at all. But if you bully them in the post, that really gets their motor running. So that's, you know, the only thing that I've really seen Russ give a lot of effort to defensively. So yeah, I'm not I'm not holding my breath for average here because there's just okay. literally no track record of it. 
the other things I have spoken about have all existed in Russ's game at some point, mostly in the OKC days. Yeah, well, I mean, to me, on this team, he has to be average. Like, we can't have him not be average. Like, that's you're not close going to games win. with Pat Bev and Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> That was my second point, though. So, Darwin, again, I'm going to hold him to these, you know, these quotes that he's given. So he's going to hold Russ accountable. We have eight guards on the team. Like, there is no reason that Russ should have to play, right? This should be a way to be like, hey, if you're not, you know, if you're not defending, if you're not doing your job, if you're not making your rotation, right? Again, I'm not expecting Russ to, like, stay and become Patrick Beverly. Like, it's not who he is. He's not going to pick up guys 94 feet. Can he at least, like, play within the scheme? Like, can he at least, like, stay in uh, – pinch in the corners and uh, take away the corner three. Like, can he be a part of a good, of a defense that's successful enough uh, to keep the Lakers three and three through six games? Like, that's my question. Uh, Can, can he at least get to that level? And it's crazy that that level feels so far, Uh, but in OKC, I mean, Russ had such a offensive load. I think people kind of, uh, people kind of forgave the defensive, um, the defensive shortcomings. Kevin Durant Uh, did not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Kevin Durant has a lot to say. Um, so you you listed those five teams, right? And yes. in addition to them being talented teams, yes, they also all have very tough matchups for Russell Westbrook. Who is mm-hmm. he guarding against the Warriors? Who is he guarding against the Nuggets? I mean, are you going to put him on KCP or like what what is what is happening in these matchups? Who is he guarding against the Blazers? Those are <laughs> who's he guarding against the wolves? Are you gonna put him on D'Lo? Like he's gonna lose him on pig and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll. D'Lo and Gobert are gonna eat his ass alive. <laughs> so I think with the Warriors, uh, since we're going matchup by matchup, I'd put him on Andrew Wiggins. Okay. Like I think that I think that's like the best option for you to kind of put him on. Uh the Clippers, it's tough. They are like wing city. Like I'm not really sure where you uh <laughs> where you throw uh throw him on the Clippers. I think he takes the Dame matchup pretty personally. I oh think. Oh God, you know, he can't guard Dame. You remember the playoff series between OKC and the Thunder a couple of years abs- back? The abs- you know, abs- absolutely. Um, no, he can't guard Dame Lillard. You're right. Yeah, is he going to guard Simons? Oh, that's another tough matchup. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but I mean, who are we putting on Dame in in any in a sense anyway? You know, it's a. It's Look, a- I don't feel terrible about putting Dennis Schroeder on Dame. I don't feel yeah. terrible about putting Dennis Schroeder on D'Lo. Like, somebody's got to guard Jamal Murray. I don't know who's going to do it. We couldn't do it even when we were a championship team, to be perfectly honest. That is a tough matchup. I'm just saying, if you were expecting an average-level defensive effort from Russell Westbrook, these six games might not be the best time to judge. Well, so the reason I picked these six is because I think because they're the first six. <laughs> no, no, no. The reason I picked is first of all, we have a bunch of preseason games as well. So I'm sure I'm sure. taking those as like we better be our the way during the preseason. If we do not, I'm going to be upset and like very scared for what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So again, like I, I hope these preseason games are taken very seriously. I've said that many times. I've also said I was at the last preseason, our first preseason game last year. Um, people forget some things about that game. Number one, Anthony Davis pleaded to play because he said he didn't like how last year finished, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, second, LeBron sat out, of course, preseason. Sure, yeah. Uh, Russ looked... Kendrick uh, Nunn played. <laughs> Kendrick Nunn did play that game. Uh, during a timeout, Dwight Howard and Kevin Durant got into it, which is a very strange thing about that game. 
Uh, oh, I thought this was a game against the Suns. My bad. It was against the Nets. All right. The Nets. Yes, yes. Yeah. Harden, Katie, and uh, Kyrie all didn't play, uh, which is normal, I guess, for their team. But uh, season, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I'm hoping that's kind of a way our ramp up to this, right? That you shouldn't get to the Warriors and be like, yeah, who's our ten? Like that, that, that can't happen this season to me. So the reason I picked these six because we can't be like one in five. Like that, like that, that can't happen to start the season or. I worry they'll lose respect for the season. They'll lose like understanding for like what this team can be. Like, I think there needs to be a tone set three and three. Like I'm expecting 500 from a team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I don't think I'm asking for it's a, a team that amount. did not finish close to 500 last year. A team that got 21 games out of LeBron and AD together. How did they do when LeBron and AD played together? I think they went 11 and 10, but okay. Okay. <laughs> So give me 500 years. I know, but like, I don't think all those games were against the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the, the Blazers, right? They absolutely weren't. What's crazy, the Blazers game is the quote-unquote, like, you have to get in this stretch, um, which is a scary I was going to say the Wolves, honestly. Um, Minnesota expects to be good. Like, really. True, I'm, true, but we've expect- historically done fairly well against Rudy Gobert. Although we're yeah, missing okay. Stanley Johnson this time. But Carl Anthony Towns absolutely cooks us anytime. Also, a good play. point. Uh, anytime we play yeah and Anthony Edwards is just an awful matchup for us unless we're just throwing LeBron on him um they're a tough team Austin Reeves is gonna have to guard Anthony Edwards and it's gonna it's gonna go poorly (laughs) that's not fair to Austin but um but yeah I just like that he has to guard him or that it's gonna go poorly (laughs) both um but yeah that's like my point because I you know I, I think I know people think this is gonna go terribly and I I totally get that feeling. I totally get that understanding. Um, but I mean, this is the roster, and I like. I hope we don't have to punt another season of LeBron James. Like I, I think we've already punted one last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I hope, is not just about LeBron getting the scoring record, which you know is a great thing. But there should be some wins accompanied by that. And I'm just curious because Russ is going to play this idea that we're going to send him home. I've seen that gone around. Darvin Ham has said too much. He's given out his playbook on how he wants this to work. And I want to see it. I want to see how it looks. And I'm just wondering if Russell Westbrook can be an average starting level point guard uh, or even below, even right below average starting level point guard um, to allow that unit to work. Cause I think it's important. Average, average starting level point guard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's just do a little brainstorming here. Shall we? Let's do it. He's not better than Steph Curry. Is he better than De'Aaron Fox? Probably not. Okay. John Wall? There's a chance he's better than John Wall. All right. So we have one and a half, let's say. It's not better than Chris Paul. No. It's not better than Jamal Murray. No. Um, Colin Sexton. I I guess he's better than him. Sure. Yeah. I don't think he's better than Shea. No. No. Um... (laughs) I don't think he's better than D'Lo, which is not a thing that I ever thought I would say, honestly. Yeah. I, that I guess. that pick and roll jumper like makes a big difference, D'Lo. <laughs> makes a big difference. It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Who we got in the West? Uh he's probably he's definitely better than Trey Jones or whoever San Antonio is gonna try it out. Like that's hundred percent clear. Um I'm not sure who New Orleans' point guard is. Is it Jose Alvarado. I think they're just going to go all big. Yeah. Start a, uh, yeah. CJ McCollum maybe is the point guard. If CJ is their point guard, then he is not better than CJ. No. 
Uh, he's not better than Jaw. Um, so out of the West, we found like maybe three point cards that he's better than. Sure, but I guess like this exercise, <laughs> this exercise is kind of. I I get what you're saying, and I, I guess I what I mean by average point guard. I guess like when you're next to LeBron and AD, your ass are so much. Le- like I don't need much for me which i guess is contradictory because you're not going to have a good russell westbrook if you don't involve him in what you're doing so i guess that's that like sounds the, like a problem to me 100 and that's the line i'm trying to walk here like where can like how many pick and rolls can you hand russ like can like what is the line here and i think there's a, like there's a world where darvin ham finds that exact balance i'm wondering if it's the one we're living in like i'm i'm really curious if like if that's the one it's uh, like but the I doctor strange <laughs> At the end of Avengers. <laughs> so I was thinking, I was thinking about this, Sabrina. In Oklahoma City, Russ always played with a center inside. Right? Mm-hmm. He always had a center inside. So there are like he's not a like a point guard where he reads the defense two levels ahead like Chris Paul does, right? Like Chris Paul manipulates a defense. I think Russ Westbrook kind of reads like when he drives, he reads the guy coming over. It's he makes a different the basic reads very well. <laughs> it, it, Exactly. And I want that's a good way. That's a great way to put it. He makes the basic reads, basic reads very well. But making the basic reads is important. Like that's a it is important. important. It's an important job for a guard um, to do. So like, can we make ways to where his reads are a little bit more basic? Like, can we just sit a guy watching OKC? They had Steven Adams in the dunker spot and they they fleshed him out with a bunch of shooters around him. Can we get Russ in positions where he's making dump off passes, where he's making? What is that lineup? So I'm hoping that's something like Russ, uh, Pat Bev, LeBron, AD, and Thomas Bryant, where you have shooters so around. the guy roll into the basket? Either it's Thomas Bryant or Anthony Davis rolling to the rim. So if you have AD and Russ uh, running a pick and roll and Thomas Bryant, LeBron, um, and Pat Bev spaced out, is that enough space? And again, I think the counter to Russ going under is a Thomas Bryant jump shot. Like that's That's your counter to that move. Um, or Russ maybe getting enough speed to turn the corner and stuff like that. And again, I'm not saying he's going to finish well, but sure, sure. Uh, can you make the, he was a, like, they used to, this is a pet play for Oklahoma city where like, they'd have a guy in the he corner. He hasn't be, played in Oklahoma city since 2019. Rush. No, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm just talking about Athleticism straight. Athleticism wise. I feel like it's a big difference between that Russ and this Russ. I'm, I'm not talking about athleticism. I'm just talking about the reads. Like a guy cuts from the corner. He used to hit him on the lob perfectly. Sure. sure. Right. And those are passes that I think he should still be able to make. There were times last year, though, Sabrina, it looked like like a lot of us would be like, what are you doing? Right. Like a, a lot of the times. And I'm not sure if that was just him adjusting to his decline. In, in fairness, DeAndre and Dwight could not catch lot of passes. There you go as well. So Damian Jones help? can. Damian Jones can. Thomas Bryant can. Right. And those are these are energy motor bigs. Right. These are guys who are going to run the floor um and that's all i'm saying i want that's all i wanted to work from here is like what does a good lineup work like and again it's not that far stretched from reality like we're asking russ can you pay attention for a few possessions on defense like that shouldn't be such a far stretch from reality right (laughs) oh man i'm just thinking about um russ's year in washington when i know thomas bryant was there i think that was the year he tore his acl no, no, that right. was the uh-huh. year that he uh, came back from his torn ACL. So it was, it was pretty lame. Or no, no, he he tore his ACL year, So he didn't really play with Thomas Bryant. No, but he had a lot of success with Daniel Gafford. Yes, who's basically just like a high flying rim running guy. So I think that there is a 
second unit prototype of Russ with Damian Jones. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you surround it with shooters, I just think that the lineup gets really small um, because LeBron is has to play the four there. And then who else is going to be like on your wings? And then even then you're marginalizing a LeBron lineup because you're putting the ball in Russ's hands. Like there just aren't any shooting lineups I can think of that don't have LeBron in them, which is crazy because LeBron is not who I think of as a shooter. Like you're going under on LeBron all the time. (laughs) Like otherwise it is a freight train with an express route to the basket. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I think the bigger issue to me on this roster, just in general, just from like, a team building standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, we just have too many guards that are also like undersized for even the point guard <laughs> position, right? Like that's, I mean, they, I don't think they're undersized for the point guard position. Okay. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Okay. But I mean like six, one Dennis shooters, six, one Patrick. Yeah. Beverly. But Dennis shooters got the arms. Like he can that's guard the point guard position just fine. He can play up to twos just fine. Like I'm not concerned about that defense, but they shouldn't be threes, right? Like, they should no, not no, be. No, they should not be threes. Yeah. But they will be because yes, that's yes. the roster. <laughs> that's I'm just saying that I don't think they're undersized for the point guard position. I think okay. they're definitely undersized to play the wing. Okay. Yeah. So someone brought this up to me on Twitter. They're like, doesn't every team have a bunch of guards? I said, yes, they do. The issue is our guards are in the higher level of talent on the roster. So like you need to play Kendrick Nunn, Lonnie Walker, Patrick Beverly, Dennis Schroeder, um, Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves. That's six positions for four, you know, for two guard positions. Like, it's just, it's tough to me to make out lineups where we survive enough on defense to then make the offense worth it. Like you said, you need to play defense to run in transition. Um, but that's why I kind of wanted to stick to the starters because the second unit gets extremely <laughs> I figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah, the second unit gets extremely tough. But, like, can a starting lineup of Russ, uh, Pat Bev, or Reeves, wherever you want to put in there, I LeBron, think I do too. Uh, but Russ, Pat Brev, LeBron, AD, and Thomas Bryant, can that be enough of a starting line where they're not a negative like rating through that? Like, can that at least not destroy you through the game? Like, I think that's extremely important. Um, for like that doesn't get you a 10 point deficit if to start the game. If that lineup is not positive, this season is a wash. Like, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Those are five of the best seven players on the Lakers roster. Mm-hmm. At least four of the best six, I would say. I'm not sure where we count Thomas Bryant at this point. He just fits yeah. an important role. But, you know, if that lineup is not winning you minutes, the Lakers are cooked. I think that's well, how I see it. So any lineup with LeBron and AD on the floor, they need to be kicking ass. Like that yep, that's yep, just they do. They do. that like that's just how the roster is made yeah. up. Um and, and that's last just year, their it... talent level that they should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I was uh, recording a Clipper podcast earlier in the week, and, like, I was looking at the combo numbers of Kawhi and PG, and they're consistently just double-digit positives when the two of them yeah. were on the court together. And it's like, yes, this is what's supposed to happen. <laughs> like, this is what happened for the Lakers in 1920 and 2021. And the incredible misstep of roster construction last year prevented that from happening. I think the Lakers tried to make this roster fit better, but no one said yes to their money. So I think the players fit better conceptually. Like if every player was like 
six six. Like I would be happy, right? Like if it was the same players, but they just had a little like Lonnie Walker was like six seven, I'd be like ecstatic with these signings. But you don't get a Lonnie Walker if he's six seven. You right? read that so, article about those men who are undergoing that femur surgery to become three <laughs> inches taller. I did hear about that. That does not sound safe, but uh, it's, it's terrifying, honestly. But it's becoming apparently more popular. <laughs> Just get that for half our roster. Is that what you're saying? Everybody needs it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like so, I think like Patrick Beverly is kind of if you were gonna build a player, forget the height, but if you're gonna build a player to put next to a LeBron and Russ AD theoretical built team like Patrick Beverly is the type of guy you'd want a guy who focuses mm-hmm. on defense can hit catch and shoot threes can attack off the dribble Thomas Bryant again a big man who can shoot uh, who's athletic who can run the floor those are skills and uh skill sets that you'd want next to mm-hmm. a core that's around these three because let's face it that's our core still that's the team that we have so yep. um three and three is not too much to ask I, I don't think I'm asking for the moon here like I'm not asking for the moon I Three and three should not be some uh, gigantic uh, as that's out of reality, right? Like, I, I, but I feel like if I tweeted Lakers and go three and three in this stretch, I would get absolutely murdered. You told me the Lakers are going to go five and one, right? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I said I hope they. <laughs> I said I hope they go five, five and one. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Russ conundrum is fascinating, and I think uh, we're going to get a year two of it, and I want to hear what Palinka and. Lincoln Ham, well, Darvin Ham, I think I've heard him kind of go off, but I want to hear. Hopefully, I don't think Palika has a vision for how this is going to work. I think he's just been backed into a corner where it's too expensive to try to get rid of Russ. And so he has to keep him because they still have these pipe dreams of free agency spending in 2023, which you can tell by my use of the word pipe dreams that I don't exactly agree with it. So I think that's where Palinka stands. I think he's going to take most of the questions about basketball vision to Darvin Ham, uh, which, you know, that's that's the job when you get hired as a coach is you have to Sell fall on your sword yeah. and, you know, say some things that you may not believe in. Yeah. Three and three, I'm... huh? I, I mean, I still think that all things being equal, having a tougher schedule to start the season is better just because it is going to take time to figure things out regardless of whether the schedule is tough or not. And I also understand that it could get really bad really quickly, but maybe that's not a bad thing. <laughs> maybe that forces change. I I don't want to see what that looks like, Serena. I I do not want to see a one in four um, to a to a to a roster that's fragile, right? Because it hasn't been together very long. I would like to see you would like to see a few wins under the belt before you have to go through the storm, right? You'd like to see a few like, okay, we can get over these hills now. We let's didn't even start point. one and four last year. Wow. Now, we were actually above 500 at the no, uh, no, Dallas no. game. <laughs> at, after the, at the, I think it was like the midpoint or something when we played Dallas in the Austin Reeves game winner. We were like eight and seven. Or That's something a good point. Like we were 16 and three when we beat 16 and three. No, and then... 16 and three. No, 16 and 13. Sorry, 16 and 13. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw it at 16 and 13 and I just made it feel nicer in my head. But yeah. And then everybody got COVID and, you know, everything fell apart. But yeah, three and three, I think, you know, ring night is tough. Teams often lose on ring night. We've said this several times. I think the Clippers game is a definite loss. I'm not even, I'm not even trying there. Portland, you know, maybe they have some growing pains too. 
Minnesota could have some growing. I don't know. It's it's tricky. <laughs> it's really tricky. Oh, for sure it is. And I just like I think in a, a good start, and I'm I'm again saying this, I think a good start in preseason is also important. I think when we play the Kings uh in eleven days, counting down. Uh but uh, when we play the Kings, uh, it's important we come out with some sense of uh urgency, at least. I don't want LeBron playing forty eight minutes, obviously, like in a I want a- Austin Reeves locking down Malik Monk full court every possession they share at the court. I listened to a podcast earlier and they did the Kings roster. I was like, well, that's actually a lot better it's than that, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Kevin Herter, uh, some I don't think they're going to stop anybody, but they'll be in some shootouts. And if enough of their threes go in, like that's a team that's going to win some games. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to win 40 games. I mean, that's kind of. I remain goal. a deer and Fox skeptic. So. Okay. Yeah. I was higher on him earlier. Still would have taken Lonzo over De'Aaron in that draft. <laughs> Stand by it. Well, Fox's year two, I think, was the jump, right? Fox made like a really nice jump in year two. But it wasn't a jump. It was just unsustainable shooting luck. Yep. But you combine that with like, because his speed is legit. He's a, His speed he's is a, legit. Yes. Yeah. So you combine his shooting with like ability to like get to the basket at a few speed. But his finishing has dropped off as well. It's strange. Yeah. His playmaking and he doesn't, doesn't get to the rim as often as you would want, considering how good his finish, like his speed is. But anyway, this is not a De'Aaron Fox. Podcast. Yeah, I know. It's a lot on De'Aaron Fox. It's just like I think about where the Lakers are going to land in the conference. Mm-hmm. And like I always default back to the division. And I think three of the teams are just convincingly better than the Lakers in the division. So, I mean, could they finish last in the division? I don't think so. But like those games against the Kings are going to be very important. <laughs> they are. Absolutely. <laughs> you need to get every game that you can. I mean, the whole league is... Good. I mean, like, so I was looking at our earlier schedule. I think I told you a few months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "Oh, Cleveland, that's like a win, right?" And then they trade for and Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the league is is just uh, tough. You so. got to make sure you beat Utah. We don't even get Utah four times. That sucks. <laughs> it would have been great to get Utah four times this year. <laughs> the THT revenge game. Um, yeah, that's not happening. It's not happening. Uh, but yeah. yeah I, Oh, my I bad. Hope... I, I, I misspoke. We do get Utah four times. It must be somebody else's taking that we don't get four times. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it's the Thunder. thunder. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I'm interested how they go into this um, after a whole summer telling us they're trying to trade Russell Westbrook to now try to sell the vision around, you know, him. I'm, I'm interested in that. But glad we got to talk about on the court because I think it's important. I think there are ways to, you know, try to harness what sure, Russ sure. is still good at without just – lying saying he's gonna become draymond green or something like that like those are things that are not based in reality he's not gonna go and set 50 ball screens like he's not gonna become you know a, a ball screen setter like he's not gonna roll to but the he rim could. off screen he could, he could but it. he's not going to so those like i take those out but like but he's okay, going part to- of him becoming draymond green is like harnessing that defensive iq right which russ god bless him he just doesn't have right but he no, could he set screens like we've seen it happen. But that's not ah. going to. That's no, no, not, it's going not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. 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 So, Raj, Actually, last question. Last question before okay. we get out of here because okay. we're just going in circles. <laughs> this is fun. Do you feel convinced that there is that there is a good version of Russ in there? <laughs> I think so. I think there's a playable version. Of okay. Russ in there. Okay. So. Playable version of Russ gets how many minutes? 
Like 25 minutes a game. Oh, we're doing 25 minutes of Russell Westbrook. Okay. I got to be honest, that might even be more like disrespectful to him than benching him out, right? <laughs> we have eight guards, minutes. Serena, that we have to find minutes for. Minutes. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, you well, heard it here first. Is, well, it's not 15 minutes, right? It's at least... Raj you know, wants like... to play Russell Westbrook half of the game. <laughs> I take it you listened to the Lakers Exceptionalism podcast where Tom talked about playing him for 15 minutes a game. Because <laughs> that cracked me up. So that and him coming off the bench are just not <laughs> things that I think are going to happen at all. There's just no way. He's not coming he off plays, the bench for He's Kendrick getting Nunn. 32 minutes. I am just... That's just how it has to happen. And so Lonnie... You know, Kendrick, Austin, Dennis, Pat, just do your very best to earn minutes around that. So then he better be all the things that we just hope for, because if he's playing 32 minutes a game and not defending and not being attentive, we're not going to win a lot of games. not what Darvin Ham sold us on. I agree. agree. We're not going to win a lot of games. Well, you know, hopefully we win three. Anyway, with that, uh, this has been I Love Basketball on the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. I would say that we have shows about the Lakers every day of the week, but apparently with Anthony on paternity leave, we do not. So make sure to come back on Sunday for Can You Dig It with Jacob and Media Days on Monday. So real life Lakers talk will be beginning ever so shortly. (laughs) 